Welcome to Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast. I'm your host, Luke Darnell. This week is part two with Chad Ward from Traeger Grills and Whiskey Bend Barbecue. We had so much fun that we kept the conversation going. Lots of great information in here about partnership and sponsorship, so please enjoy. This podcast is brought to you by BarbecueData.com. BarbecueData.com is your one-stop shop for all of your barbecue competition data. Historical data, calls, wins, placements, everything under one roof. It's a great way not only to track yourself in the standings, but also to track how you improve your scores from year to year. Listeners of this podcast can receive 20% off of a new subscription to BarbecueData.com with the code PITPOD. That's one word, all capital letters, P-I-T-P-O-D, PITPOD. So check your team scores, check on others, and do it all on BarbecueData.com. All righty, we're here today for part two with the man. Yes, this is the part where me and you talk politics, Luke. I can't wait. People are going to love it. <laughs> that could be part three, maybe. I, uh, I'm so far removed from any of that. Um, I just don't even follow it anymore, which <clears throat> I think after following it as a job for 25 years, like just stepping completely away from it has done so much for my psyche and mental health. Well, and I got to say too, it's just got to be like a relief, right? Like you're not trying to stay up with everything. You know what I mean? Like that, that's gotta be a huge relief after doing it your whole, your whole career. Yeah. But it's, you know, it, my brain switches into then what do I need to do for me? And what do I need to do for my business? And that's cook some barbecue and learn how to run a damn barbecue business. Ain't it old boy. That's right, fella. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had such a great conversation the other day on the first part of this that I wanted to, there were a few more questions that I wanted to ask you. And um, so you graciously agreed to do a part two. So that, yes, um, oh. that, that makes me happy because we have, we always have had great dynamics and great conversations. So yes, we have. Um, and, hey, and Luke, I look forward to plenty more in the future, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm going to start, with a couple of these and then I want to get kind of granular on a topic that's been, I think thrust into the forefront, which happens every year in the off season of barbecue. Uh, people get bored and they start getting into this one Avenue, but we'll get there on that one. Yes, we will. That's what we call a tease. So let me just <laughs> tease you guys. You don't have to hang around, but I promise it's an important topic. <laughs> what do you think is miss- missing from competition barbecue these days? You know, the, the interesting thing is, you know, I don't know that it's it's missing as much now because there's some options out there, but I I like what KCBS is doing with steak. Um, obviously, SCA's done it for numerous years, but I feel like they're having this middle ground between not competing in food at all or dedicating three days to a barbecue competition. And if you really think about it, three days dedication is if you got your stuff together. You know what I mean? You right. Got travel day, you got 36 hours. You know, even if you're not a Thursday night pull-in team, you've got 36 hours on site, and then you got to get home and you got another half day of cleanup. So at least a three to three and a half day commitment. So I think that's missing. Um, you know, th- that that not having something in between, which we now have, so that void's a little bit filled. And the other one I kind of get back to, you know, is something like a guinea pig. You know, where where people are in at an all-in rate, you know, if you guys don't know what guinea pig is, it's an event that, or numerous events that Sterling Ball, and I guess back then it was Smithfield, and some people came together and said, hey, Snake River Farms, 
people came together and say, hey, one price entry fee, everybody gets all their meats, and the meats are on equal ground, everybody's cooking with them, um, and it's kind of like an SCA, it's a lottery system, you know, oh, you got Cooler 17, boom, there it is, and usually it's a gorgeous Yeti um, full of delicious meats. Um, <laughs> so, but I think something like that where, one, you're leveling the playing field, and it doesn't have to be all, you know, if you're trying to do it at a lower price point, Dude, I'm all I'm all for guinea pig where everybody's got to cook a prime. You know, hey, dude, let's talk about let's talk about who can cook a brisket. You know what I mean? Like, you know, let let's let's throw in you know a nice prime in there that everybody's starting off the same size. So I think something like that because I think as we have more and more just natural inflation, we've already seen um, this hobby sport, whatever you want to call it. That's a whole other discussion. I mean, we're a bunch of fat guys sitting around drinking. I have a hard ass time calling it a sport. <laughs> I um, can't do it anymore, buddy. I can't. <laughs> and and so. I, uh, I mean, because I look at it and like, what other sport would we all excel at? Uh, none. <laughs> Maybe curling. Cornhole. It is, curling. It is Winter Olympics time. Yep, curling. Yes, but um, <laughs> I, I think something to level the playing field and the the cost of entry. You know, barrier of entry to get into competition barbecue is pretty significant right now. When you look at the amount of pitch you got to buy, something to get it there. You know, even if I mean, my first couple of contests, trailer. What's a trailer, bro? Well, that's called getting three buddies with F-150s and fill, filling them up, make sure they have their hitches and, and, and taking them to town, you know? Right, right. And I've often said, you know, I would love to see a contest where everybody had the same cooker. Like, let's just, let's just say everybody had an Ironwood Traeger, okay? Maybe two of them, two pits. Mm-hmm. And then you have a $300 Walmart gift card. And then there, that's all you have. You can bring all the tools that you want, but all your ingredients got to come from that $300 Walmart gift card. Spices too? Spices, sauces, meats. That, that, is, that, is, that is super interesting. Let's see who can cook. Yep. I mean, that eliminates, I mean, sure, you need to find, you will need to work with Walmart to make sure you had enough briskets there and, and other stuff and. But yeah, let's all cook some choices. Let's all let's all cook Walmart pork and chicken. Let's all you know, sauce rubs everything you, from there. You know what could be interesting, and I'll talk to Donovan about this at Pigfest. You already got a lot of good teams that come in on Pigfest. Why not do a? And they always do their sponsor thing on Thursday night. Why not do a ten person of that on Thursday night at the sponsor event? Absolutely. You know what I mean? You got the girls there. Have Publix, you know, three hundred dollar Publix gift card. You work it out with the closest Publix to make sure that they've got, and I think here'd be the other thing too. I don't think Publix carry. I've never seen Publix carry a full packer. They just carry flats. Right. That's so, fine. You know what I mean? You don't, you don't ask them to alter, you know, don't special order this in whatever, but literally a grocery short stop and, and cook. That'd be rad. Right. Then you have it sponsored by Publix and you have, you have an event that is, I mean, let's go. I'm yep. in. Let's go yep. do that. Let's go oh, that'd be, do that'd, that. That'd be a blast. I like the idea of that. Absolutely. I, I just think it's, you know, back well, to your and, comment. And, 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 yeah. And, and I think like me and you've talked about before, you know, we go back to the World Food Championships and kind of what it meant back in the day and this and that. And, you know, some of our funnest Asian are both two, two guys that I think I got to cook day two every day except one that I went to WFC. So I want to say five out of six times we cooked second day. And, man, it was a lot of fun. You know what I mean? And that's kind of some of that same kind of creativity. To where I would even go to the fact of like, look, yeah, we're asking you to turn in brisket. 
but it doesn't have to be the typical, you know, barbecue flavor profile. You try right. to, dude, if you want to do a, you know, some kind of Asian flair or something like that, and it just made it into a damn good bite, then score it as such. You know what I mean? Do some burrito tacos or something. Right, exactly. Yeah. Bring some creativity in it. So a couple of things you said that I wanted to go back to. One, calling this a sport, it always makes me laugh. I'm like, how can you call something a sport where the one thing that I struggle with all day Saturday is just making sure I have time to sit down? <laughs> I know. I know. Last week, right? it was funny. Me and, me and Malloy were sitting there. And you know how it gets with, with cans. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and so we, uh, he's like, all right, man. He's like, we're going to have about 10 minutes to sit down. He's like, then it's, then it's full go till, till we close the last lid. I'm like, Thinking the same thing as you, I'm like, yeah, I don't think Jordan said that to Pippen. You know, <laughs> right. Thirty seconds to go in the fourth quarter. <laughs> hey, man, rest up, rest up. It's time to go. But you also you mentioned steak, and that you like where KCBS is going with that. I uh, I like the I, idea of it. I like I, the I cooked one, right? And I'm not going to because to me, they've already lost that steak battle. There's already a group that does that. I would have loved, and Darren and I have talked about this as kind of his idea, and if we would have done burgers on Friday night instead of steak, I'd have done that every contest and twice, you know, because it's just fun and you can be creative and do something different like that, and I think it would be a lot of fun. Plus, nobody owns that space. Yep. So I think that would be, I don't know, it's just an idea. But I'd have probably done catfish, old boy. Oh, dude, one con- qualifier. one contest at, uh, in West Virginia, they did a secret meat challenge on Friday night, and they gave us a cooler, and inside that cooler was a cart. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm looking at this fucking thing, and I'm like... I'm eliminating myself. <laughs> we used to shoot these things with shotguns in the river. Like, what? Yep. what are we doing here? So, luckily, Mom and Dad were there on that Friday night. I'm walking back and I looked at dad. I'm like, get an apron on. He's like, what do you mean? I said, I don't know what to do with this thing. There's a whole carp in here. He's just, looks at, <laughs> the look on his face was like, what? <laughs> what, what are you talking about? What the hell are they doing? <laughs> right. He's like, we used to shoot these things. I'm like, I know, man. I know. It's funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was a fun time though. Cause we got everybody involved that day. That it was a lot of, it was really good. So. I know you don't compete that much anymore. No. But back in the day when you were running, did you have a set schedule during the week? I did. So actually I would um I had a much as I was telling you about the rub bag visio diagrams, I was always like an <laughs> over documenter. Um <laughs> so I literally had an Excel spreadsheet with you know a micro ran that I would go like and literally I still got it. It's on it's not on this rig, it's on another one. Um but I literally would click on the, the first tab that said that it literally said, this is Tuesday morning of comp week click here. And I would click on it and it would, <laughs> and it would print off just this succession of spreadsheets, my shopping list, my recipes for my injections and sauces, um, my packing list, and then my timeline. Wow. And so I would staple all that together on Tuesday morning. And dude, it, that, that was my call sheet. Just boom, boom, boom. And as long as I followed that, until Saturday at one thirty or two o'clock, depending on if it was KCBS or FBA, it was it was pretty. So 
obviously I didn't like changing a lot of recipes unless I had to, unless something fell off. Cause then right. that meant about an hour and a half of Excel work. Um, became an administrative nightmare. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but no, it was, it was great. And, and I just found that especially in that run and you know, this Luke where, you know, if you're running 25, 30 contests a year and, and you're working a full-time job, you know what I mean? Like, it can get very groundhog day-ish and you can sit there and go, uh, I loaded the, did I load that tote this time or was that last week when I was going to contest? You know what I mean? Like, right. And, and, and so man, so then I just had not only a, a, a shopping list and a trailer list, but like I had a checklist that, Hey, I would walk around through the trailer. If it wouldn't off the trailer, I would check it off. And then any totes that I needed to put on the trailer, um, got put on the trailer. Plus all the totes had what they had, were supposed to have inside of them on top. And yeah, it was it was pretty pretty well laid out. You know who who is the master of that? Who should actually I should interview? <laughs> little general. Oh, I could see that. Old little G could do it. Oh, she yeah. is an absolute organization maven. I mean, she is unbelievable with the level of detail. It's she's made it so that I can do it, and I'm the most disorganized bastard in the world, but. Like I can walk in that trailer with the list and have what I need or what I need to go grab, grab it, check it all off. And we don't have to worry about whether that's right. We know that that's right. So it's really, that has changed how we prepare for a contest. and, And I'll tell teams that are getting started. Like if you figure out like, Oh man, how do I do that? You know, obviously, the earlier the better, but let's say you go and you cook a contest and you get done with that contest and you're like, man, that felt good. I felt like I had everything. Like, we didn't forget nothing, this and that. Dude, take that time the next day when you get home, go through that trailer, look at everything you had, write it down, um, look at everything that's in your wash tubs that, that you're going to wash or that you're going to replace, and just start to get all that down. And then when you go to get ready for the next contest, you can kind of fill in the gaps. It, it's not a huge project to kind of get that ball rolling. Right, but I think it's also important to note stuff that you don't use that you take. Yes, because, dude, it will sit on your trailer for – dude, the other day – well, not the other day. Like a year and a half ago during COVID, I sold my fifth-wheel comp trailer. As organized as I just told you I was, uh-huh. I found seven different partial rolls of aluminum foil. <laughs> I'm looking at one right now. It's, it's vintage. It's like five years' age. <laughs> wow, that might – don't start a new trend about aging your, your foil. You age your tinfoil and what it does to your ribs, unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> Sam's Club, members mark, six and a half year age aluminum foil, money. Perfect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just mentioned something cool. And, and I think it's important. Like, if you don't use something for three contests, yank it. You don't need yep. to take it for a lot of reasons. You don't need to take it, but just simplify your life. You mentioned that that's the advice that you would give to somebody starting out. What, what's some other advice that you would give to a smart, driven young person that's about to enter the real world of competition barbecue? Oh man, um, I'll tell you what. I, this used to not be my my piece of advice, but finding a good class, like. And and the judging route, I was never a judge, never got into it, never wanted to be on that side of the table. Respect judges, appreciate everything they do. We wouldn't have a hobby without them. Um, I say that most times except some Saturday afternoons. 
Um, <laughs> and then I call them other four letter words. But um, no, I would say find you know if, if you want to start out the judging route, it's a great way. Just get an idea, get your feet wet. I did none of this. I just found competition barbecue. There was nothing out there besides the brethren. I didn't even know the brethren when I went to my first contest. But I think judging and finding a good class, except the one thing I go back and forth on is I think after you cook one or two contests, maybe going to a class is better because you understand a little bit more about the timelines and the cadences. You it gives you a frame of reference. Right. You have a frame of reference of, okay, this is when I really lost my shit. This is where I need to pay attention you know, something happened between chicken and ribs or rib and pork that, man, I really want to kind of understand how these guys, you know, move from category to category. Um, you know, And I think like that's that. important to, to touch on a little bit because I think that, and I, I agree with you, that advice is cook a couple or cook one. Or go, cook help, a couple, go help somebody. Go help somebody, judge one or two, then take your class because – then you have at least a small idea of how you are and what you do. I think a lot of guys, especially now that get into this, they go take a class first. Yep. They become robots to that program. And then when that stops hitting, Whoa. They change, right. Then, then they have no frame of, that they don't understand how to, how to, how to, how to re-engineer recipe, how to tweak flavor profiles. Maybe it's a tenderness tweak. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Right, they they're like, well, my ribs went to two hundred six this time, just like they did the first time I when I did well. And well, guess what, man? If you're if you're nine hundred feet above sea level, and the last time you cooked it at sea level, and things change, barometric pressure changes, everything it changes. And, I, I used to always write that stuff down. I got black composition books. I found a bunch of them when I was moving and then unpacking. Then I got seven black composition books from all the contests I cooked. And right. it literally would just have, you know, I would just pull up on the app and, you know, what's the temperature, what's the humidity, uh, if there was any notable wind, just right. different things. Not like I was going to be able to calculate it and figure out a change, but like I would know, oh, okay, last time I was in some shit like this, you know, everything drugged 15 or 20 minutes. You know what I mean? Like right. knowing that kind of stuff. And that kind of gets to my two other just quick tips if you're getting started. One, practice cook. And I, and I mean, practice cook like you're cooking a contest. Build the box, let the box sit 10 to 15 minutes, you know, time it out to where, hey, I'm going to eat, have, I'm going to open this box, judge it on presentation, and I'm going to eat one piece out of it at 10 minutes, one piece out of it at 12 and a half minutes, and one piece out of it at 15 minutes. That way, whether if you're box one, box three, or box six at that table, you know what your food's going to taste like. Yep. And. That's- one more is early is on time. When you are first getting started, you want to have your box ready to go at the beginning of that window. Because guess what? You just bought yourself an extra five minutes to get ribs ready. And then if you just keep with that, you buy yourself an extra five minutes every turn in, which is huge when you're just starting to get your feet under you. Absolutely. And I think that that, you know, as you get better and more experience, you can tweak with that a little bit. But I love... I love Kimmy being out the door mm-hmm. eight minutes before noon. Yeah. That gives her plenty of time to get there. And now, now, and now yeah. I've got more time to do all the stupid shit that I do with ribs. Dance. <laughs> right. Well, sometimes you got to crack off a little boogie. <laughs> <laughs> so let's switch gears here a little bit. And this is something that we alluded to earlier. There's been a, and this, I think this happens every off season, you know, a lot of people 
are getting ready for their season. They're not cooking and they've got time to spend on other things, other pursuits and barbecue. And I think you're just seeing a lot about it right now. And, and a lot of people either praising what they've done or being a little butthurt about not getting something, but sponsorship is always a popular topic this time of year. It is. And, and seeing as how you, you know, you have a barbecue supply store and you work for one of the largest grill manufacturers in the world. I'm sure that you get constantly bombarded with this, these requests. It's happened twice. (laughs) This morning. This morning. (laughs) Right. Right. It's happened twice this morning. So what, when you are assessing a team as to whether you're going to be, and I even hate the word sponsorship, right? Mm-hmm. That means that if, if, if a person wants a sponsorship, they want the sponsor to give them a bunch of shit for free that they'll use. That's for me, a sponsorship. And yes, they yeah. get some notoriety on social and everything. I like to treat it more as a partnership. Yes. Because your the hope is, is that if you invest in me, then I'm going to invest in you and we're going to make things better for everybody. And I think, just having that background from my trade association days. And, you know, we always call them partnerships because I think that's truly what they are. When you're looking at a, at a request from a partner, what are the, some of the key things that you look for right off the bat? Well, so first off, if you don't mind, I want to take one quick step back, Luke. Sure. And I want to tell the story of how I got my first two sponsors. And then I think that'll lead into what I, what I like to see is somebody that, can award sponsorship partnerships or you know, bring partners on board, if you will. Right. So for me, I was, um, I was using two brands a lot. Um, back before he had the sauce or anything, uh, Craig Sherry, Texas pepper jelly had his jellies and his rib glazes. Um, and Darian from Cosmos, you know, he had his, at that point, he just had his rub line, uh, no sauce, none of the other stuff he's in now. And I probably had ordered from, this before I had my store, I probably ordered from uh, Darian and Craig four to six times a year. You know, so they knew I used the product. Um, I popped my first grand championship. That Sunday morning, I literally just sent an email that said, hey, guys, um, I want to let you know I got my first GC yesterday. You know, introduced myself a little bit. Um, I was pretty good at being on social back then, kind of early. So, um, and that was before I did the the, pod, the radio show or anything like that. So, they knew of me um, and like, Hey, you know, just wanted to thank you. you. Got my first GC yesterday, you know, Hey, Craig, I used your uh, rib candy on my ribs and my pork wrap, you know, whatever I had it in at the time. Um, really, really enjoyed it. Hey, if I could ever do anything to help spread the word about your brand down here in Florida, let me know. I'd be more than happy to. Um, very similar tone and email to, to Cosmos and um, both of them reached out to me Monday morning. Um, like, hey man, that's super cool. You know, da da da. Um, love what you did. You know, can obviously see you love the product. Then that's key. Those guys could go back to probably wouldn't Shopify back then, but whatever their back end system was, you know, Chad Ward, or technically, if you're looking up credit card transactions, it would be Michael Ward. Um, <laughs> but you know, Ward, like in Florida, I mean, this guy's done a couple hundred dollars worth of business with us. You know, oh yeah, he buys, you know, a couple hundred bucks a year. And then they said, hey, we'd just love to give you whatever product you need, send you, you know, some swag, some banners, and boom, it went off like that. It was always for me about 
hey, I appreciate, I like your product, and here's why. I, there's the, the data behind it that says you've used the product and you've got experience with it, um, that kind of thing. And then at the same time, I just kind of brought to them, hey, if I can help you spread the word down here, and this is back before, you know, classes were hot and all that stuff, um, you know, I would love to. And it simply started that way. And those guys were always good partners, good enough partners that when I opened my store, guess what PO number one and PO number two were? Craig right. Sherry and Darren. Because I was one of those that if you believed in me and you supported me when I opened my store and I got a chance to further elevate you, you're going to be the first two guys I think of. And I think now there's so many people out there that for a buck or an extra hundred dollars on a gift card will jump brands. And, and man, as soon as you get labeled as that guy, you're toxic. You know, I'm not going to go name any names, but anybody that's been around long enough can think of a handful of, I know I sure can. Um, and, and it's one of those things that when a brand is, when a brand is aligning with you and what a brand is looking for, in my opinion, is you've got to be an extension of that brand. And that doesn't mean, you know, and, and that doesn't mean it's all got to be the same looking person or this and that, but you're an extension of it. You know, the, the reason a brand aligns with a partner, a, a cook partner is to further their reach. You know what I mean? Right. So, yep. so to reach an audience that they may not be reaching right now. And you've got to think about it as somebody that's asking for a partnership. You've got to think about it through the other partner's eyes because they're the one with all the power. You're reaching out. What, what do you do to persuade that person? And no offense, it's not going to be your 5,500 followers. You know what I mean? It, it's, <laughs> right. You know, I, I get so many of them and, and, and just the tone of it. Like, here's what you're missing out on. It's like, I don't know, man, we're a billion dollar brand and you're doing pretty good. Right. We just went public last year. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, we're, 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 you know, you know, these 7,500 people love my brand. And dude, that's awesome. We all have to stop somewhere. I'm not trying to be discouraging, but where it really rolls into is, is, Hey, you know, what can you do for that brand? Whether it be, Hey man, I cook local classes at my barbecue supply store or at the Ace Hardware. Oh, dude, that's interesting to me. Because guess what? At Traeger, we're partners with Ace. Oh, I'm in, like, what, like, what Ace are you doing that at? You know, now we now we get into an, an you know a, 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 a dialogue. Oh, what Ace is that? Oh, no kidding, that's our largest Ace in that state. That's great that you're doing that there. Let you know what I mean. So, so there's ways that if you talk about what you do or what you have the capability of doing, I am going to spend a lot more time reading that than I am a resume. Um, Obviously, I want to know that you're credible. I want to know. And, and honestly, I still keep up with it enough. I've kind of pretty much got an idea if you're credible. Um, but <laughs> right. what have you done with other partners? If, if you've got those examples of, you know, and hey, real quick, our first partner was, you know, Johnny Lee seasoning. And we started with Johnny two years ago. And since then, we, you know, set up at the state fair and helped them demo product there. Blah, blah, blah. You know, what have you done? You know what I mean? As far as four partners. And I feel like those little bit of things and just keep it conversational. Introduce yourself. What can you do for the partner? And then leave it an open close, as I call it. Look forward to hearing from you. Here's my information and, and go from there. And the next thing people say is if I haven't heard anything, when can I tactfully reach back out? Seven to 10 days is, is my personal opinion. Right. And wow, there's so much there. So much great information there. I, you know, it's, I think that also in addition to all of that, it's how you can, you know, let's face it, we live in an online world. So I think a lot of that comes into not just 
what you put up there for your own yeah. barbecue brand, but what you put up there personally. It, 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 yes, you bring up two good points there, Luke. When when I do, when it gets to the point that an email engages me, like, you know what, I do need to dig into this person. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go look at your, you know, whiskey bent barbecue account. You know, taking myself, for instance, oh man, yep, got good followers, content quality is good, this and that. But you better bet I'm going to go over to Facebook and I'm going to look at Chad Ward's account. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Um, because I want to make sure there's nothing there that as a brand, you know, something goes down and, and you've got this staunch stance towards anything. I want to know about it. I want to know what we're walking into. You know what I mean? I want to see how you conduct yourself. Uh, you know, it's cool to have videos of the 922 shot. It's not cool of some guy carrying you on your back at 922 in the evening and putting you in your truck. You know what I mean? Th- those kind of things. So right. you know, brands are always going to look at what, always at what upside people have, but also at what downside or what other potential pitfalls are there. So how you conduct yourself personally can definitely impact uh, your partnerships professionally. Right. And, you know, even to this day, whenever I get a phone call from somebody I don't know, the, the first thing I do is Google them. Yeah. And just to kind of see what what's this person about? Do we have common ground if this is something that I'm going to try and that I need to negotiate something or rather, you know, you want to find out. And I think everybody does something similar to that when they're looking at people. So it's, it's just making sure that you're a good actor, not just with your barbecue team, but just all around. Like brands don't want to partner with people who, who've alienated a whole sector of customers. Yep. And and I will say another one too, you know, when it gets down to that, you know, one of them that I always, if you reach out to me and you tell me about your team and this and that, and if you have a history of doing charitable events, you know, a tangible history, not you've done one or two, but like, Hey, you know, for the last five years, you know, twice a year, we go out and help, you know, heal a hero or, or something like that. And, and, and you can, you know, show, those are always ones that go to the top of mind too, because I feel like that speaks a lot to character. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, you also touched on something else like, brand jumpers and and i mean and it, it's it's eventually it happens to everybody at some point if you're successful in this and you build a following and you have a sponsor and then you get approached by another person that wants to sponsor you those are tough conversations well luke can, can we have a very Abs- one right here absolutely okay so a few years ago me and you've been buddies forever. I start the store up. Figure, oh, but I don't have anybody in your neck of the woods. Hey, dude, we'll bring you on board, right? Absolutely. And we worked together what two years, three, you know, a couple years, three, three years, I think. Yeah. yeah. And, and then you got the opportunity to become part of Team BPS with Big Papa. And what comes along with that? You know, being able to get thousands of dollars a year to donate to a charity. He offered you and and Kim a package that I couldn't. You know what I mean? But as your friend, I knew it was a lot better opportunity for you once you shared it with me. You called me. We talked about it. I still to this day, I'll never forget. You sent me a $100 gift card to Loudmouth Golf to get some shorts (laughs) as a thank you. And that's the way. And that wasn't a breakup. That was just a, hey, man, I've got this opportunity. And as your friend and as somebody we had worked together for three years, man, there wasn't one point. you, You couldn't tell. From the day we had that conversation to the next day, you can never tell the conversation that happened, could you? We, we were still and that's, the best of buds. Right. And that's, I mean, 
I'm not, I'm trying not to brag or, you know, or anything, but having done this for 25 years in the grocery industry, you know, it's never, I don't want, how do I want to say this? There's never a reason to go behind somebody's back on stuff like this and to not just be upfront with them and straight up with them. It's, you know, and we've all had to have those conversations and you just have to have those conversations. You know, it's, it's, they're hard. They're not, they're not pleasant, you know, and it's something we spend a lot of time with. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you, I want to use one more example. And this is kind of more on a social media front than on a, because on social media, you see it a lot more than you do with competition cooks. Um, had a, had a guy uh, brought him on the team early on when I was kind of first starting with Trigger. Uh, a guy named Chuck called Chuck's Flavor Train is his Instagram profile. And uh, Chuck Motto, great guy out of Cali, um, had been with us you know, a few years, had, had ran kind of with our Cali crowd out there, you know, Kendrick and all those guys. And uh, just reached out to me one day, man, and said, hey, you know, look, this thing's kind of starting to take off. I love Traeger. I'll always be, t- be Team Traeger, but I can't fulfill my contractual agreement anymore because I want to start cooking on other things. Uh, I feel like it's better for my page, you know, all this. But, man, did it in a very polite, professional manner. Totally understand. Here's a guy, you know, trying to trying to lift off this, you know, the side hustle, do his thing. And I don't want to be in the way of that. And he's like, man, I don't want to use any other pellet grills. Like, dude, I'm still going to be Traeger, but – I want to open up to being able to cook on ceramic and gas and charcoal and totally get it, man. And, uh, and so fast forward a couple of years later, this past year, he's doing a pregame on the local, the local uh, TV station in San Fran. And uh, one of the guys is like, man, I need your, your help on a prime rib. He's like, well, what are you cooking on? He's like, man, I'm cooking on a Traeger. He's like, dude, that's a great grill. He's like, I used to be part of team Traeger. He's like, you know, shout out to Benny and Chad. He's like, dude, let me tell you how to cook it on there. That's how you maintain and continue relationships. Even when you don't have that former relationship anymore, you know, you, you, you still remember the people that got you there and the people that helped you along the way. And I think that's just a great way of handling those times when you, you have to move on or there's another opportunity that's better for you, your family, and your brand. Right. And that's, that's super important, man, because number one, there are very few barbecue brands out there that are investing. That are, well, right, that, but also very few that are, people were like, eh, you know, I don't really want to work with them. Like, most most people are inherently good in the business. So, to say that, you know, we 100% still support Whiskey Bent and, you know, and and send people there when, we go there when we're down there. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, and it's not, you just, it's all about being a good citizen. I think at the end of the day we're all a part of this community and being a good citizen can really just help you further not only your brand, but further barbecue. I mean, that's what we're all about at the end of the day. I mean, look at, (laughs) you know, like look at both of us, for example, like, you know, I haven't done any competition videos or anything like that because I don't, people don't care about that. Number one, and I'm not going to help anybody cook chicken on their Traeger for a competition, I'm going to help you make a roasted chicken on your trigger that's going to be banging. And your in laws are going to write you into the will after they taste it. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> and that's, you know, and, and I mean, and you're a great example of that. You know, you started off in the barbecue world and now your goal is, I think this is your goal, is to put a trigger in every backyard. Absolutely. 
Yeah. And 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 it's not it's not for this little microcosm that we all operate in and we all think is so important. It's in the grand scheme of things and cooking good food for good people and that's I think that's the purest expression of love that you can have. Yeah, is making no, some I, making somebody a great meal. Absolutely. No, and, and that's why, you know, I think what's been so interesting, you know, with my career at Trigger so far is like all the different people and all the different walks of life, like, you know, some of these guys could have anything in the world they want, but you see that, I mean, they've got a few money, you know what I mean? But dude, you serve them an amazing meal. And it's like for that 30 minutes, that's the most important thing in their world, which to me does not get lost upon me at any time that it happens. You know what I mean? It's just super cool. I, I mean, right. When you're making uh, tacos El Pastor for Marcus Allen. I mean, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, what can go wrong there? You know what I mean? <laughs> where where can you go from there? I mean, <laughs> it's fantastic. It's, um, but yeah, uh, thank you so much for this sponsorship conversation. I, I, I just think it's such a big deal right now and that people need to get, get their mind around how to approach it and how to be a good partner. And I think it's, I think it's just, super, I mean, you see companies out there all the time now in the barbecue land that are like, I don't partner with anybody. I've been burned too many times. And, and that's a shame. And, and, and that, you know what, as a community, that's shame on us for, for putting a brand in that situation. Maybe they should have been a little more selective on who they chose, but at the same time, the fact that they're, you know, enough characters, you know, because here's the other part too, is, you know, People talking, people with ill intentions, hey, man, you know, Brand X is kind of just handing shit out like candy. You know, you may want to hit them up. You know what I mean? And, and that's that's not any kind of reputation you ever want to get as a brand either. Um, so for me, you know, one last thing as we close this is super key is you have to have, know and have experience with the product. You know what I mean? Don't go asking for a sponsorship on something you've never cooked with, never cooked on, never had in your hand. First thing people are going to look at is, have you, do you know the product? Have you cooked with it or on it? Um, you know, so that, that to me is key. Show that you've already invested in that business before you ask that business to invest in you. Right. Right. I was telling you a story before we got started about a, a pork supplier friend of mine that, you know, somebody had emailed him and said, I think you should sponsor me. And he's like, I think you should order a case of ribs and a case of butts. <laughs> Then tell me if I'm worth if it's worth getting sponsorship. Yeah, right, right. I think you got to buy something first, you know. Yeah. And uh, you, you just can't taste uh, the cooked ribs your old boy next door had and said, "Yeah, I'm gonna cook those." I'm hey, I right. I tried those. I tried these ribs from another guy, and they were great. And, you know. I think they taste real good coming off my pit. I bet. <laughs> right. Plus, I mean, it purchasing the product, using it. A couple months even gives you just a better avenue in your communication with that company. Absolutely. Be like, look, I've been cooking this product for three years or three months. We've done X with it. I just wanted to let you know how much I think of it. Let me know if there's anything I can do for you. And, you know, make it, make it a relationship. You know, you know what you made me do? I'm gonna have I got a long flight on Monday. I'm gonna dig back through the old whiskey bin at gmail.com archived messages. And I'm gonna see if I can't find that first email I sent to Craig Sherry. And if, cool. and if I can, I will literally screenshot it and put it in my Instagram stories. Like, all right, here was here was my first sponsorship letter ever. 
when, right. when, will, the, when will you drop these, Luke? Um, this uh, part one will go uh, next week, Super Bowl week. Okay. Uh, that's kind of by design. Again, good partner. <laughs> Get Traeger out there, Super Bowl week. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I think I'm going to do somebody else next week. So it'll be like beginning of March. Okay. So I got, I got some time to find part two. I got enough time to find that email. And what I'll try to do is find the email and then post it when you post this. Right. And then we can also include it in the show notes as well. So cool. people can go back and, and look at the, all the Hopefully things that we've referenced. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Typos. That's another thing. Yeah, that is one more but while we're closing up is all of the barbecue guys. You know, yes, some of us have college degrees, but that doesn't mean we're any good at English. I was the typical, uh, I think I got back in the 800-800 system, I got 720 in math and 480 in English on SAT. So that right there tells you I always proofread all of my emails. <laughs> well, see, but see, I'll, I'll argue against that because I my scores were very similar and I ended up with an English degree. <laughs> you know, though, I mean, how's that happen? When I step back and take the barbecue away from it, though, you do look like a man that could be in a log cabin overlooking a lake, penning a novel. Uh, you don't know how close you are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know you so well, Luke you, you don't know how close you are, and how that that is, is something that I will do before my time here is done, and. uh yeah, I've actually got a few ideas about that. but And and then, hey, I'm going to be able to say, hey, I was the guy on the back deck triggering for Luke Darnell as he was pinning his Pulitzer oh, Prize. Are you going to make meatloaf for Luke Darnell, the world-famous yes, author? Making, I was making meatloaf for Luke Darnell when he was a pivotal writer's block in Chapter 7, you assholes. That's what I contributed to this country. In a bucolic main retreat on a lake. <laughs> as we were... As we were tucked into Nantucket, <laughs> the sun setting. Oh, man, that's beautiful. I could see it now. I can, too. Kim and Julie sitting by the lake. Yeah, just hanging out. I finished you, up. You, I, I, I somehow see you at a very, a very antique writer's desk, only writing in calligraphy, because that's the kind of classy man you are. Oh, God, you've hit on, like, five things that I've, like – chastised today like somebody sent me a note and it was written in block letters and i'm like what the fuck is this world come to like or the ones in all caps we're we're three we're three years away from people making their x again for their signature <laughs> i mean we may even already be there you know oh my it's, gosh, too it's funny. so good well chad i want to thank you for your time man awesome uh, man thank you so much it's been a blast and you, you can anytime a topic comes up you want to chat about man i'll I'll do everything I can to make myself available. And you know what? You're you're the first person that's had an official part two. I've done two with Darren, but I kind of couched that other one a different way, more topic specific. But so was this one, I guess. Yeah. You know, it, uh, I think that hopefully some good will come of this, and we can get some people pointed in the right direction. So awesome, brother! Happy to help. And for all y'all out there that don't know where to find me, uh, yeah. at Whiskey Bent. BBQ everywhere, social media wise, and then uh, obviously Trigger Grills. Trigger Grills, baby. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. Have a good weekend. We'll talk soon. Yep. Later. Thank you for listening to Pitmaster, an old Virginia smoke podcast. Be sure to subscribe and like the podcast, rate the podcast, and to share it out with your friends. 
Also be sure to check out the Old Virginia Smoke TikTok as well. Old Virginia Smoke, one word. That's all you have to search for. It's hilarious. Tune in next week for another great episode of Pitmaster. For companies interested in advertising, please contact Old Virginia Smoke directly via www.oldvirginiasmoke.com. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is edited by Chris Sedanka. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is a property of Old Virginia Smoke, LLC. All rights reserved. Copyright 2022.